Nancy, when it comes to fashion, Paris is where it's at. It's here they set the style and the rest of the world watches them do it in style. Fall may be the fashion everywhere else, but spring is popping up in Paris. The fashion frenzy took center stage in Paris and with it came a frenzy of excitement. Janice Dickinson did that report in 1994 for American Journal. It's all about Paris Fashion Week, and it's the same year that New York Fashion Week rebranded under that name. It really hammers home how powerful the event used to be. It was the pinnacle of fashion inspiration, and you could be sure that trends walking down that runway would be seen in some iteration in stores six months later. But lately, Fashion Week hasn't been the same event it used to be, especially in New York. Designers from Rag and Bone to J. Crew skipped it this year. They decided there were better ways to create buzz around their looks. For Rag and Bone, its models took selfies instead of strutting down the runway. Everything in retail is getting quicker. Fast fashion companies like Zara and H&M rip off runway looks and put them in stores weeks after they debut, while traditional retail takes months to catch up. Consumers expect one-click ordering and next-day delivery. Retailers are trying to shorten the time it takes for designs to get made and then ship from factories in China to their stores in the U.S. So what's changed for New York Fashion Week? What's the industry doing to stay relevant and modernize the event? Rupp. I'm here with a special guest host. I'm Alex Barinka, and today we're taking a closer look at fashion's semi-annual event. New York Fashion Week drew 79 designers this September and 200,000 attendees. More than half of those were press, according to the National Association of State Boards of Accountancy. That's not surprising, since lately, Fashion Week has become a huge media event. Designers spend anywhere from $200,000 to $1 million bucks on a show, and the amount they put out for A-listers to sit front row is reportedly up to $100,000, according to a study by StyleLight. The hope is to draw eyeballs. In 2015, 2 million viewers watched shows live-streamed. But despite these pretty shocking numbers, retailers that sell apparel are struggling. Sales are slipping at luxury brands and at mall staples like The Gap. Some are starting to question whether New York Fashion Week is still relevant to the industry and to its shoppers. The death nail has not quite been driven (laughs) into the proverbial uh, coffin, but Fashion Week is becoming less relevant. That's Bob DeLoren. Chief Executive Officer of Excel Brands, which owns names like Isaac Mizrahi and C. Wonder. His company develops brands, markets them, and sells products using data analytics to figure out how best to give consumers what they want. The more trends are established in social media and the more companies really begin to listen and leverage all of the new technologies that are available, it will continue to be less relevant. There will always be a need for a great presentation or a great party, but this is going to change. 
the way it was done in the past really doesn't work today. We can't push it any longer. The consumer just doesn't want that. The first U.S. fashion show was held at a department store in 1903. From there, it evolved into Fashion Press Week in 1943, a chance to showcase American designers and innovation to fashion journalists who often ignored American makers in favor of European styles. Fifty years later, the event was consolidated and then renamed New York Fashion Week in 1994, before splitting up into multiple independent producers in 2016. For much of its existence, New York Fashion Week was really aimed at fashion editors and at retailers. Designers had the chance to showcase their visions for the upcoming seasons and to set the agenda for what they thought would be cool months down the road. Magazines would write and publish photos of the most exciting looks, getting consumers pumped for what was to come. Retailers would place orders for what they thought their consumers would buy in stores half a year later. It was at a time when the information flow was structurally very different. Gabriella Santaniello is the founder of A-Line Partners, a retail research firm that tracks fashion trends. Fashion Week originally started when... There were much longer lead times for manufacturing product where editors and buyers would sit in the audience and watch the runway shows with with the new product that the designers were showing six months ahead of time. There wasn't the Internet, obviously, so the editors would write about it in the magazines Um, It would give the buyers time to place orders, and then it would give the designers time to manufacture the merchandise that would ultimately end up in the retail stores. But that entire equation has changed. These days, some new forces like social media, influencers, and online shopping are changing the retail scene. The balance of power has shifted toward the consumer. 2016 ushered in the era of see now, buy now. That means some designers started making select looks from their runway shows available to consumers to purchase almost immediately. So no more waiting months for that item to show up in a store. And that's totally changed New York Fashion Week. Here is Gabriella again. I think with social media and the instant gratification we see from seeing product immediately, wanting to buy product immediately. We are seeing that reflected in some of the shows that we're seeing at New York Fashion Week, which is the designers providing the product immediately uh, and addressing that. It's also fitting to me that we're seeing this evolution with New York Fashion Week in particular. I don't believe we're seeing it anywhere else, London, Paris, Milan, because America sort of represents that new frontier we're sort of on the, on the cutting edge. New York Fashion Week also is a little bit more commercial, so it also makes sense that you would be able to buy something that you're actually seeing on the runway. Even if you just think about three or four years ago, not even going as far back as I've been going to shows, I, I think that's changed quite a bit. Tricia Smith is the executive vice president and general merchandising manager for women's apparel at Nordstrom, and she's been going to Fashion Week for about six years. The, the fact that the customer has access in real time to what is seen in those shows, I think, means that 
that the brands themselves have had to kind of pivot a little bit and change the way they present them. And so, you know, I think the good thing about that is they're much more creative about, you know, kind of how the venue represents the creative expression that they, they want to be able to tell for the season. Um, and then the attendees have changed a lot. And you think about, you know, influencers attending shows and being able to, to get in touch with, you know, their followers immediately following the show, their presence has become much more important. And I think in the end, it's, it's great for customers. Um, and I think it, it makes it more relevant in real time versus, I think, looking at something that you're making buying decisions on that are coming in in the next six months. But honestly, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it inspires people. I think they get access to more inspiration. And if you think about as a retailer, um, the more people get excited about fashion in general, I think as a retailer, it's a really positive thing for us as well. You know, I think everything always should evolve, but the idea that it, it gives you an opportunity, both as a customer and a retailer, to get access to the creative expression of brands, I think, um, I think that's, that's always going to be important in the fashion industry. And I think as, you, as more customers get access to, to the world of fashion, I think it, it becomes even more relevant, maybe than less relevant. So I think our view is, yes, it should continue to evolve, but now I think it is much more balanced in the way you think about um, you know, a retailer's representation versus a customer's participation in Fashion Week. Trisha saw more than 20 shows in New York in September. She said being able to shop the looks right now has started to change the clothing and accessories that designers unveil on the runway. We've seen more looks that people can wear in the current season instead of pieces of design inspiration for six months down the road. At the same time, designers have tried to sell a vibe. There's been more focus put on everything but the clothes, like turning the fashion shows into big spectacles. Catwalks have been seen at crazy venues. They're jam-packed with celebrities, watching things like live music or models on motorcycles. But you don't have to take our word for it. Anna Winter, who's the editor-in-chief of Vogue and a New York Fashion Week veteran, described a Kanye West show to Seth Meyers in 2016. We were waiting for the Kardashians to arrive en masse and Jay-Z. So eventually they did turn up and uh, the Life of Pablo concert started and the Migrant Chic fashion show started and they were both wonderful. But after 45 minutes, I did happen to notice that Jay-Z had slid away. So I thought maybe I could sneak out after him without anybody noticing. But I slid into... The immediate customer scrutiny from social media and urge to buy now has pushed designers to put on a show, no question. For example, Ralph Lawrence was in the namesake designer's house with his vintage car collection this year. In another Seth Meyers segment, he remembers meeting Lord, the singer, at a Kanye fashion show where the two celebrities felt out of place. They weren't famous enough. We made it a cool place, but we were, like, not cool. Like, yes, we were okay, distinctly good. not we cool. We distinctly did not fit in. We were at a Kanye West fashion show. We were. Yeah. And it was, like, a very um, fancy backstage. Yeah. Drake was back there. Yep. Um, which was, you know... For Nordstrom's Trisha, she's less concerned with who's there. But her job has changed as the shows have shifted. There's maybe something a little bit more um, casual in nature to um, the way shows are presented in New York, and maybe that has to do with the venue versus, you know, I think particularly shows in Paris, you might see them at the Opera House, you know, whereas in New York, you might see them in meatpacking. 
Um, and so I think, you know, in general, the way New York brands are presented at New York Fashion Week probably reflects more American brands. Um, and I would say Paris Fashion Week probably reflects more of a point of view around European brands. How retailers think about Fashion Week is likely to continue to shift as technology improves and designers get, to use Kanye's words, better, faster, stronger at reacting to what consumers respond to. Artificial intelligence and data analytics have done a lot to help companies figure out what shoppers like. And those are often much more reliable tools than an artist's hunch, a great designer's vision of what Americans should want to wear. But it's a big departure from what fashion culture has been for more than a century. Companies are using technology in all kinds of ways, whether it's heat mapping their store to figure out what products people are spending the most time in front of, to examining how you fill your cart online and when you abandon it. Even for the most tech-savvy of design houses, computers can't totally replace a great human eye. Here's Excel Brands' Bob DeLoren again. There will always be a need for great human designers. There will always be a need for human oversight to look at what the machines and the data is telling us to create something that a human being can relate to as opposed to a machine. So perhaps 30 years from now, AI will advance to the level that it can think like a person, but at least for the foreseeable future, these technologies are only things to, to help uh, augment the, the skills of human designers. And Nordstrom's Trisha Smith. Yeah, man, I think we have a lot of questions of, of what's going to happen with kind of see now, buy now strategies. I think as a, as a retailer, it's, it's a little bit difficult, um, you know, because shows are more customer facing, brands are trying harder to make that product available to customers sooner um, versus waiting for a typical buying cycle. I would say, you know, on our end as a retailer, it makes it a little bit more difficult because we're actually purchasing that product then before they actually produce the show. Um, and so, you know, I think we, we're just as motivated to shortening that, that that buying cycle and be able to get customers access to product faster. But logistically, it's a little bit difficult um, when you think about what's entailed in showing that product at a show and then quickly being able to make it accessible to a customer. People are still definitely going to see New York Fashion Week shows and they're engaging online. The hashtag NYFW was used 31.6 million times in 2015 on Instagram, the most recent year for which there's data. The question is, do they still look to these shows for what's going to be hot? I don't think it's all of a sudden social media is going to take over and just run away with fashion. I mean, I, I do think a lot of it, it's not the end of New York Fashion Week. I think there's going to, there's going to be an evolution and they're going to adapt and, you know, figure out how to, how to manage this new world of information flow. That was Gabriella from A-Line Partners again. In her mind, social media isn't a threat to New York Fashion Week, but actually an opportunity. First of all, it creates awareness. Second of all, it's, you know, these designers need should take it as sort of a feedback on what's going to sell and what's not going to sell. And there has to be a way to use this to 
really maximize your profits. And, okay, um, maybe I'm not going to put that in the stores. Maybe we'll just avoid that markdown ahead of time. So there has to be a way for them to just sort of harness that information and to see, like, okay, where is this going and what kind of responses are we getting and what are we going to do? And, of course, you always have to have those layering pieces or those pop pieces that are going to sort of present the image you want for the group that you're going to deliver. But ultimately, it would be great to know ahead of time and to avoid some of the headaches that are markdowns. I mean, there's a huge glut of inventory out there that is just dead. They call it dead inventory. Once it hits the stores and it gets marked down and it kind of goes through that cycle. So um, it would be interesting to see what, what the possibilities are. Even if social media has been a big benefit to Fashion Week, like Gabriella believes, the industry still has a long way to go in taking advantage of it. The fashion calendar has always been based on seasons, and it takes a long time for a dress to go from drawing to design, from runway to rack. But customers don't think about seasons anymore. I mean, how many times have you needed shorts in late August and stores are already stocking sweaters for fall? Shoppers want instant gratification, and to satisfy that, designers at New York Fashion Week are going to have to rethink what kind of looks they present and when. This year, we saw designers playing up their location and set, music and celebrity guests, but they're playing it safe with the actual fashion. As the industry continues to adapt to modern retailing, they'll need to decide whether the shows of the future will be more like an extended ad, a made-for-TV or Instagram event like the Victoria's Secret fashion show, or if they'll be increasingly about making immediate sales. Or simply places for the likes of Derek Zoolander and Hansel to settle scores. Hey, I got a wacky idea. Let's say we settle this on the runway. Han Solo. That's it for this episode of Material World. Thanks for listening. For more Material World, find us on Apple Podcasts, Bloomberg, and wherever you listen to shows like this. You can also check out other cool Bloomberg podcasts like Game Plan, all about the do's and don'ts of office culture. For more on what I do in my regular day job covering initial public offerings, follow me at Alex Barinka on Twitter. And for retail news, Lindsay is at LC Rupp. Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. Material World will be back in two weeks.